welcome to The Artist Appeals. This is Erin Sparler, and I'm your host. In The Artist Appeals, we interview artists, crafters, photographers, and business professionals about the business of art. I hope you'll join us and enjoy the show. In this episode of The Artist Appeals, I want to introduce you to a real mover and shaker in the field of women's leadership and women's business. This lady helped to found, she's one of the co-founders of Women's Leadership Live. Women's Leadership Live is a conference and a mastermind. In fact, coming up here in August 9th and 10th in Utah, they're going to be hosting a mastermind called Learn the Real Secrets to a Successful Business Masterclass. It's only open to 30 women. And they have had these just amazing, gorgeous events. This one's going to be held in the Urban Studio, which is just an awe-inspiring workspace, cook space, conference. It's not your typical conference area. So this lady is awesome. Let me introduce you to Debbie Saviano. Debbie, is your last name Italian? (laughs) Just a tad bit. I went from Arnold. I went from the A's in the alphabet to the S's, which is really, and I love my name. I, I, of course, my (laughs) husband, I met in high school. We've been together ever since. And so it's a really cool name to have such a sexy name, but my husband's full Italian, as is all his family. I Ah. think that was kind of the first one that kind of changed out the bloodline a little bit. Yeah. You know, I looked at that name and I had to go and look it up. And it's actually a small um, municipality outside of Naples. Have you ever been? We have. My husband and I went about five years ago and visited his family's village. And it's just breathtaking. It's just breathtaking. But when they all left in the early 1900s, there were no jobs. There was no way to make a living. Now people have gone back Mm -hmm. and opened up bed and breakfast and wineries, et cetera. But yes, it's it's beautiful. Yes. So, yeah, I looked at your last name and I thought that's got to be Italian. How do I say that? My grandmother always used to say, if you said every letter in an Italian word, then you were pronouncing it correctly. There you go. They also add E's to a lot of words. Like my husband's name is Phil, Mm -hmm. but his family all called him Philly. You just have an automatic E on the end of your name. My grandmother did that too. Yeah. My dad's name is Ken. He was always Kenny. Yeah. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's a cool name. Yeah. So let's start a little with your backstory. I always like to um, start with a little bit of backstory, but maybe I had to do a little tie in here real quick for you. So just for our audience, Debbie here is one of the founders of an incredible, incredible conference, the Women's Leadership Live Conference and platform, really. Because you're not just conferences anymore, are you? Exactly. We started out with that, but we have evolved. Uh, when one of our partners in the McMahon went to the White House, as, as things happen, you know, you have to evolve. And so Stacy and I, because everything is live. And so it was, per- we named it perfectly because we were doing the conferences. But as we have grown over the last five years, it's truly because everything is live. We all want to be charged and connected in live space. I always joke as being me and mm-hmm. Scotty. But yes, we, and you said it beautifully, it's a platform. Well, it's really an artistic platform because you're helping women entrepreneurs, but the events and all the things you do are so well tailored and thought out. So I just think that they're very beautiful. Thank you so much. So before you started Women's Leadership Live, what were you doing? Was there a defining moment that led to the creation of this? That's such a fascinating way to say it because I've been asked that question a lot. But the way, and I say this sincerely, that was a beautiful way to ask it because I've never been asked <laughs> it that way. Seriously, my first career, I was in education. Oh, thank you. I was a school principal uh-huh. and I, uh, I had different schools, grades, K, uh, kindergarten and 12th grade, so all levels. And the same school district, my husband was also a principal. And it was, a, I loved education. I loved being a principal. I'm still connected with many of those students. But I realized I needed to do something else because my husband was also a principal and we were just literally 24-7. That's all we did was school and we were at two different places. So I left education, retired. I always Mm -hmm. joke we could retire early. And um, I knew I wanted to do something, but I didn't know what. I'd always been an artist at heart, an entrepreneur at heart, not, not any talent, just in my head, if you will. 
And so I thought, I've got to learn social media. Now, keep in mind, this was 10 years ago. Actually, now it's been 11 years ago. But I thought, I've got to learn social media because I know it's going to be important. Didn't know why. Just knew, I, you know, that little voice forethought from God saying, you need to learn it. So I spent two years literally learning everything I could on social media. And if you think about my age, that was not the norm because I'm 66 and I have no, I mean, I'm very upfront about my age because I think it shows people, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter how old you are when you learn something, if you're committed to learning it. So I learned everything I could on social media. I was focused on LinkedIn in the beginning because it's a professional platform, if you will. And so people literally started reaching out to me on LinkedIn. I had no intentions of doing this, no plan. And they said, can you do for me what you've done for you? And these were very successful people who had seen my LinkedIn profile and mine was different because what I did in mine was I tailored it around what I knew people, how they learned. Because keep in mind, educational background. So short sentences, short words, use of caps, use of icons, paragraphs, spacing, all those things I put in it and it was different. It was, and it stood out. So I started doing LinkedIn profiles and probably 85% of the people I did never met to never talked to on a phone. They simply said, how do I give you a credit card? I sent the questionnaire. I did the project. And then afterwards, I would get on a call with them to walk them through what I did. But in the beginning, they trusted me based on what they had seen online. So I did that. People started asking me to speak. And so I started speaking around the country because, see, my age was an asset to me, which is ironic because people say, oh, when you're older, they don't want you. That's not true. People wanted me because I could be on a stage and tell an audience that they could do this and people would believe it because of my age. A 30-year-old, they're going to think, oh, yeah, well, she's 25 or 30. Of course, she can do it or he can do it. So I started speaking. Yeah. I met my partner, Stacy. I was in Boston. I Keep in mind, I live in Texas. She lives in Florida now. She's from Greenwich, Connecticut, New York, but she was in Florida. I was speaking in Boston. She was in the audience and heard me. She hired me. Stacy had been on HSN and QVC for 20-plus years selling a beauty product. And she knew she needed help with social media, but she didn't have time. I mean, that's the thing. People don't always have time to do it. So she hired me. We became very time consuming, very time consuming, unless you have a strategy, which I do. (laughs) So um, we can't wait to hear about it. We became good friends. And so then we wanted to save the world and start a business to help women because she has two daughters and I have a daughter and five granddaughters. I have a son as well, but Mm. a lot of women in our lives. So we started Women's Leadership Live and our CFO, David said, you know, this is all great, guys, but you really need to get some input from somebody who's been there, done that on a different level. And so Stacy says, well, let's go see Linda. And I said, well, who's Linda? And she says, Linda McMahon. And I thought, God, that name's familiar, but, you know, I couldn't place it. So I did it a goog, right? Well, it's Linda Vince McMahon who owned WWE is in, you know, WrestleMania thing. And so about a month later, we flew to New York City and we went to see Linda in Connecticut. And to just really to get her opinion. Did she think it was something that would work? Because she just come off the Senate, you know, running for Senate. And she says, we had 30 minutes. And three hours later, we popped champagne. And she says, I want in. And the three of us became partners. And so that's how we started. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just how little things happen. That's incredible. A lot of us educators, I think, are looking for ways to help people in this new platform. I, I yes. myself am a, an educator. I taught college for 12, yes. 13 years. And so I'm, you know, my mission with this podcast is how do I help artists develop better business skills? Exactly. And so that really ties in with what you guys are doing. I mean, you're focused literally on women. I have another friend who started a podcast that's focused on women who are coming out of the motherhood. Yes. Um, thing. Not like how to transition, but how have women done it in the past? Transition from motherhood back into the the managerial space or into the working space. So I think a lot of us are looking for those ways to grow and develop, not just build a business, but to help people. Exactly. So that is is fascinating. Well, I think for educators like you and I, I think in in most people, we want to help people. You really do at the end of the day. You want to help people because we're, you know, we will always say we walk this journey, but once and it's important for us to leave it better than we, than we entered it. And I think education is probably the best gift we give ourselves and we give others. So what are you guys pursuing now? What is the goal in what you do now? And, and can you give me an example or two of what you're looking to achieve? 
So basically, the very in the beginning, our goal was simple. We wanted to help entrepreneurs take their products and services to market, to share their talents. Whether mm-hmm. they owned a pet store, whether they were an artisan of, of beautiful paintings, it didn't matter. How do we help them share their talents? So we do that through a variety of ways. One is HSN. We're uh, Stacy's a star entrepreneur at HSN. So what that means is that Women's Leadership Live, we're a vendor. We can go into HSN and pitch products. So if someone has a product, we can take it to HSN to, to consider it being on a, you know, an audience of 90 million people. So one is HSM. The second one is brick and mortar. For example, in the month of March, mm-hmm. we were in every world market store in the country, 281 of them around the country, Joe's Magazine, Where Women Create Work, and four of the products that mm-hmm. we represent. And that was in every store at the front of the store. It was a beautiful display. Another thing is digital space, and we do that through social media, and we do that through a new partnership we have with Buy It Live. Now, Buy It Live is unique because you can be on Facebook doing a Facebook Live. You can be selling your product. They can buy immediately right from the platform without ever leaving the video. There's different ways you can do it now, but most of the time you have to go through, you have to go off screen and go to a third party. So everything that we do, as you said earlier, is always about staying current. And how can we best serve the people who we work with? And so that's, those are the primary ways that we do it. Because, and again, then we also have the relationship with Joe and the magazines to help people have their articles in the magazine. It's all about awareness, right? It's about people who it know is. you better and want to buy your product. Well, you know, in the Artist Appeal 7-Step System, I'm trying yes. to categorize a huge amount of information. And the second step is product. So the first step yes. is, you know, you make your art. And the second step is I really encourage artists to think of their artwork, whether it be photography or woodworking or whatever, as a product. Right. And then, you know, we go down the steps and we get to educate. And it really is, like you said, about awareness. And people want to buy from people. They want to have a story wrapped around their artwork and their product. So I hadn't heard of the Buy It Live on Facebook. That's really cool. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, it's been in beta. And so basically, it's, it's been out there since last fall, but we're going slow because we want, you always want to make sure that everything is in alignment. David, again, our CFO is in Utah right now mm-hmm. working with the team. And they, they're from the Harmon brothers, Brett and uh, his wife, oh, Megan. I totally know them. Poop to gold. <laughs> the viral video yes. company that did the um, unicorn poop and rainbows. Exactly. And, and did so many of the cool commercials and stuff. So Brett, Stubbs was a back-end coder for them. Well, he and his wife, Megan, they're young, five young children, just uh-huh. a super cool couple. Well, they invented oh Buy It Live. Cool. And so we partnered with them last fall, and it will go live. I mean, it's already live, but it's in beta. But it will go really full force within the next 30 days. And it's going to be a huge platform because people can sell to their friends. But again, the big key is they don't have to leave the video. So they're live selling and you can interact and engage while you're selling. So if you want to do that, let me know and I'll give you a code to go through and you'll get a little bit better. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, and you (laughs) know what? I'd love to provide that to, um, so you provide that service to your your entrepreneurs. Yes, yes. So that is so cool. And because we're always lurking and searching for ways to help them sell products. And let's face it, digital space is huge and it's not going to get any less. It, it truly is the future. I mean, I joke about the be me up Scotty, but we, it has arrived. I mean, everything, I mean, who left home without their phone last? Not you and not me. Nobody I know. <laughs> no, I go back for it. I feel so I, nervous. That's what I'd say. That's Although, what I'd say. I'm, still does, waiting. I'm still waiting for my teleporter. Seriously, oh, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm done it's with these like all there. day travels. It's probably out <laughs> I there. Need they just it. haven't told us. <laughs> well, by 2020, which is less than a year away, Every child over the age of six years old in the world will be will supposedly have a mobile. That's the research. That's what the trends are saying. So even if they're off a tad oh bit, my God. it's really crazy. Seven and a half billion people in the world, and that many are going to oh, have wow. cell phones, going to have mobile devices. Yeah, we live in crazy times, but so exciting let me times. Clarify. Oh yeah, definitely crazy. Isn't that like a Chinese curse? May you live in interesting times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let me clarify. Here. Yes. <laughs> Let me clarify with Buy It Live. Is this something that you guys have built as part of your platform for no. Women's Leadership Live? Or is no, no, it no. part of Facebook that you're teaching people to use? 
Okay, so great question. We did not invent it. Brett and Megan Stubb invented it. We partnered with them okay. last fall because mm-hmm. they were looking for someone to bring an educational element to it. What we will bring to it is we will have videos that teach people how to sell. One thing we pride ourselves on at Women's Leadership Live, and one thing we're always telling the entrepreneurs we work with is know your strengths and get someone else to do that, which you're not good at. So we have very defined silos. Stacy is on TV. Mm-hmm. She knows how to sell. That child can sell anything. She's gifted at it. She knows that she's, well, think about it. She sold makeup. You couldn't touch it, feel it, smell it, taste it, anything. And she's the top selling Ooh, eyebrow pen. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> she's sell. I'm digital space and social media. David is our finances and licensing and contracts and all those things. Sharon's our back end doing production. So we all know our, our silos. Brian is, works with our um, video and the different things we do there. So we were looking for a platform to be able to refer people to. There wasn't anything out there until we met Brett and Megan. So we provide all the educational back end for that. So we're just partners with them. It is individual Uh separate from Facebook, but Facebook has approved us to use it, which again was a huge asset for us. So it's like an app. Kind of, yeah, except it's a digital on, yes. So basically you're going through Facebook. Cool. And you're doing a Facebook Live, but then you've got, you're doing it through, through Buy It Live. It's more, it sounds more confusing than it is, probably because I'm the one right. saying it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, you know, I, I like to explore these ideas a little bit yes. more in depth so that if I've got questions, I'm sure our audience has questions. Absolutely. So that's really cool. Buy it live, coming in 30 days, mm-hmm. sell products on Facebook. Oh, that is, that is really neat. Right. Without ever leaving the platform when you sell. It's interactive. Yeah, well, you want to decrease the number of steps anybody has right. to do to do Amen. anything. Nobody Amen. likes to have to go somewhere else to do something. Well, that's so, why Megan and Brent yeah. invented it, because she was going to buy something online. She had to go through two or three steps, and she's like, forget it. I don't want to mess with this. And that's how they, you know, through our own issues and challenges, we come up with solutions, and that's what they did. Oh, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. You really have some amazing things going on with this Women's Leadership Live. Let's delve into your products a little bit more because that's the second step in the artist appeal system is we talk about the art, what do you make? We talk about the product. And I see that you've got like four different platforms. So we're talking about this by it live, but you talk about four pillars of women's leadership conference. Oh, and did I mention to the audience that you <laughs> guys are featured in Where Women Create Work, the spring 2019 magazine release. And it's, it's a beautiful article. You can see a lot of this stuff that we're talking about there. And any links we talk about in this, we will also include down below in the footnotes. So they're easy to click on. So you've got four pillars. Shop Main Street America, hashtag SMSA, HSN, speaking at events, and business development consultation. Do you want to talk about your four platforms a little Please, bit? Yes, yes. So let me say this before I forget this, because you know how we start talking, you might forget something. Joe Packham, who yeah. we have the utmost respect for and consider her just one of the most humble people in the world, because all she does is promote entrepreneurs, as you know. And so yeah. we started partnering with Joe. And in that, so anyone who wants to get the best, most beautiful magazine, highly encourage you to put the link in the, in the uh, resources so people can go there and get the subscription. You can get it at Barnes and Noble yeah. and everywhere else, but but highly encourage the subscription because then you get it in the mail before everybody else does. But um, yes, yeah, so we have the yeah. four pillars. As I said, the first one that we actually, started, Debbie. Yes. Wait, wait. I got to tell you, she was our first interview. Was Joe was the, the very first, first episode oh. of the Artist Appeals, so you can actually hear her an hour long interview with Joe Packham, the editor in chief of Where Women Create, Where Women Cook, Where Women create work. I mean, she's spectacular. She I is. agree hundred percent with you. Just, she's just amazing and so generous. She is so, so generous. generous. We spent five weeks with her. I'll talk about that in a second, but yeah, there's not enough. Anyone who knows Joe can, there's not enough positive accolades that they can say about Joe Packham. There truly are. She's like one of those unusual women yeah. who gives and gives and gives us all from the heart. So, so when we started Women's yeah, yeah. So go Live, listen to the episode and get the magazine. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that, could, that could be the star of this whole, of the whole interview here is because it's all about promoting one another because you never know who needs what, right? And so what they need might be in the interview yeah. with Joe. And of course, in the magazines, because she promotes so many phenomenal entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. But um, 
So we had the four pillars. We started out with conferences and the conferences were live mm-hmm. and we loved them. They were amazing. And we just, they were huge. We couldn't say enough about them because you're one-on-one with people. But what we realized when Linda was yeah, called. Yeah, they were events with yeah, a capital they were events. E. Yeah, they were. They, Joe, the first one that she came to, she says, I've been to events all my life. She goes, this is one of the best ones. I'd never believe you've only been doing this two years. Because we really did. We pulled, but think about it. Linda <laughs> came from WrestleMania. She knew how to put on an event. <laughs> but they were amazing. As long as there were no ladies walking around in bikinis, I'm no, cool. No, put no, two no, Southern no. women, though, putting on an event. I bet it was great. It was amazing. It truly was. We had awesome speakers and attendees were fabulous and sponsors. But, but when Linda went to the White House, we realized that we had to change the platform just because two things. One, we were, there were two of us now. And secondly, we realized people want a closer, more short, if you will, ways to find out how to build their business. No one wants the filler. They just mm-hmm. want the meat. And so we came up, mm-hmm. we, we did Shop Main Street America, and we did that around the country. Cities would hire us to come in, and basically we promote their downtown area. And many times it's spaces, because people are moving away from shopping on Main Street, if you will, because of the big box stores and online sales. It's, it's a catch-22, right? But those were hugely successful. We really enjoy doing it because it's one day. Half the day is we do business development training for anyone who wants to come. And then second half of it's a pitch contest for anyone who has a product that they want to take to HSN. And so then we choose those products and we'll take them to HSN. And then the third thing would be that within that realm, who do we find that we can help in a different way if they want to come on and work with us to build their product and their business. So we did that with Shop Main Street America. HSN, 90 million households, huge opportunity for someone. We, For example, the Kate Sauls was our winner in, in Salt Lake City, and she had a neck wrap. Very simple product. It goes to show you people think it has to be something you know, really unusual. She had a neck wrap because she had right. an accident and needed a way to, to have a heating pad stay on her body. She would have been doing mm. flea markets and craft fairs and online sales. She made on TV... In seven, I think it was less than 10 minutes. I know that it was less than 10 minutes. She made on TV that showing what she had made in two years. And the rest is history. I mean, that's wow. what happens when the people go on HSN. So it's a huge platform. They're very, very much entrepreneurial centric. But it's also not, it's a challenge to be seen because there's so many entrepreneurs who want to be on HSN. Since we're a vendor yeah. and we can go directly in, we don't have to worry about, you know, bypassing the steps. So that's the second one. The third one is that Stacy and I speak around the country, and we usually go to conferences that have mm-hmm. products or artisans or whatever. And sometimes we do it together, sometimes we do it individually. We like to do it together because we bring different things to the platform, if you will, but occasionally we'll do it uh, separately. Yeah. Like I've got a couple of things coming up that I'm doing separate, and Stacy did just one separate. So we speak, and then from that, you number one, you educate people in the audience. And number two, you find people who have products who want to take, who want to sell those at a higher level. So whether it be HSN or brick and mortar or whatever, and then the business development or the or the master classes, like we have one coming up with Joe in August that the three of us are doing, because so many business owners we found, and especially artisans, they are so talented and so creative, but they're so busy involved in the art because that's where their passion is that the business side sometimes gets overlooked and they don't take time because they don't have time because, you know, they're, they're doing the art to find out how to best build their business. So that focus is totally on helping entrepreneurs build their business. What are the, you know, all the specifics, if you will, the strategies, the years of experience that we have on helping them build their business? Yeah. You know, that really is in line with, with what we're trying to learn here and teach here, because I went to seven years of college and grad school. Seven years. And then I went out and taught for 15. And yet the educational system really doesn't teach business skills to artists or designers or photographers or or a lot of people. They just, you know, you've got only so much time to work with your students. And there's so much to convey with the technology and the software that the business skills get dropped off to the side. It's like you said, there's so much to do. So, right. you know, we really hope to support artists and try and teach them some of the business skills they need. Exactly. Because they have such a beautiful talent and no one has that talent they have. And so you want them to be able to find the audience who then wants to purchase those products. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I just I have another one at twelve fifteen, which would be I guess one fifteen your time. So yeah. So we talked about what you guys make, what your company mm-hmm. is. We mm-hmm. talked about your products and your platforms and your pillars. And let's talk for a minute now about presentation because I try and use the same format in most of these interviews. Yes, Even course. if we have different businesses that seem radically different, they all really fit in this idea of you create your art, you create your product, you present it. So let's talk about presentation. You guys are like the queens of presentation because <laughs> you've put on these huge events. But can you give our art audience some tips, some tricks? Like, what do you find are best practices for presentation or, you know, things that like have just been life-saving to you? Because of um, social media and digital space, I think it offers people such an opportunity because as long as you have an internet connection, you can have access to the globe 24-7, 365 days a year. And so what we try to work with entrepreneurs on and artisans especially, because of they're in their studios, they're working, they have so much material to share and so many different ways to do it to create interest for someone who then might want to buy their product. And so, like I said, we've got the Buy It Live, we've got the HSM, but what we also try to share with people on social media is the process and the strategy of Facebook Live, of different ways to the Facebook watch parties. What can you do, Instagram stories, what can you do to share your art, your talent, your process to get people interested in you? And we always say you have to have an anchor. So what I mean by that is what is your anchor? Is your anchor your website where they can go to buy? Is your anchor off Instagram where they go buy? Where is your anchor? Where did, where can they best say buy that them? again? So where is their best anchor? Everyone has to have an anchor. So the anchor is where can they sell immediately from? For many people, it's their, it's their website. Mm-hmm. And then with Buy It Live, it's going to be there. Cool. Where do you, yeah, where do you Very want to Very cool. So your anchor it? is your primary sales right. platform. Right. right. Wherever you mm-hmm. want to send them to buy, that's what we consider your anchor. Because you ha- what happens to people is they have so many things floating out there, they don't have an anchor. They don't have, a, you know, they're talking, they're sharing, but, but at the end of the day, people just want to buy it. I mean, I see so many artists that share the art. You get to see the beautiful work, but they forget to tell you there's no call to action. Go to my website, click mm-hmm. on here and buy it. Right. I think that's hard for artists because Absolutely. it feels like, I don't want to use the word sleazy, but it feels demanding. Yes. Yeah. You know? Well, because artisans are a special breed, we believe. They're people who have a passion for creating something beautiful, something that's of interest and value to others. Selling is not always in their mindset, but at the same time, the more Mm -hmm. they can sell, the more they can create, the more they can help and serve others. So they don't even have, like I watched a woman recently and she created the most gorgeous painting live that she was doing. Erin, not once, people were asking not once did she say how where, how you can buy it. And I, and I don't. I thought, bless yeah. your heart, you've lost it. Because I understand totally, and we get that, that people don't want to sell. But the way we look at sales is if you if someone has what you want for whatever reason, because they want to make the living room more beautiful with your painting, then you're helping, you're serving. It's really not about the sale. Yeah. But you're right. I think right, that's totally. what you have to do. You yeah. have to change your mindset about selling Mm -hmm. into more of educating. So I like to think about selling as more of like an educating your audience as to the benefits of your work. Um, You know, why is your work special? Why would it benefit them? You know, what are the... How's it going to make them feel? Right. Not the features, not, oh, this is, you know, on canvas with archival paint, although those are things are important. It's more about the story and how you educate your audience. Because if you can educate them, they'll come back to you time and time again because nobody wants to feel stupid about spending a lot of money. Absolutely. They don't want to feel like, they don't want to feel talked down to with an artist statement that's all flowery. And they don't want to feel like they wasted their money. They want to feel like they made a good purchase decision, whether it be, exactly. you know, buying a mattress or buying a piece of art. Absolutely. So, Yeah. So you guys are really all about the educating through communication with your your markets. Do you have like a training course or uh, how do you help 
entrepreneurs learn to communicate and educate their audience better, especially, you know, coming from an educational background. You are the woman with this. <laughs> well, it is, it is dear to my heart because I think it changes lives, whether you're 10 or whether uh -huh. you're 100, right? Uh, we have to, one yeah. is Stacy and I speak, and then we're educating because we never go on to a stage and, and, and sell. We go on to a stage to educate, obviously to help and, and serve uh -huh. whoever's in the audience. So whatever we're, we're sharing in the information is things they can take immediately and put into action to use. So the first one would be speaking. The second one would, would be like the masterclass we have coming up August 8th and 9th, two-day masterclass. And everything in that is about showing them how to use the information. We, we have 80 plus years between the three of us of expertise and more importantly, experiences, what worked and what didn't work. You know, the strategies, and the business tools, if you will, things that you need to avoid, you know, how to establish your goals and activate those goals. But everything's proven and effective with Joe and Stacy and myself. And it is a two-day intense masterclass on how to create this. Basically, the title is Learn the Secrets to a Success, Learn the Real Secrets to a Successful Business. Because there's a lot of fluff and puff out there, but that's not what people want. People want to come in, take notes, yeah. hear the stories, figure out what to do, and go home and do it. So they can add more zeros to their checkbook. Wow. Yeah. So learn the secrets to success, a marketing masterclass. Yes. So that's two days live, right? That's not yes. online. No, it's two days live. And there again, Women's Leadership Live. We're about being live. It's in Joe's studio in Ogden, Utah, which if you've ever been to it is incredible. It is limited to 30 people because we want it to be intimate. And it will be very, very much with other like-minded. Everyone coming are business owners who want to build their business. And they want to use the strategies yeah. and things we, the three of us, have done to do that for their business. Yeah. So are there any spaces still open? There are. Actually, it just, it, it hasn't totally gone live because it went out in the Where Women Create magazine, two pages mm -hmm. sharing about it. Beautiful, beautiful. It, like everything in Joe's magazine, it's a beautiful two-page spread about the masterclass. So it just hit mailboxes, yeah. I think, this weekend. And so it, we will mm -hmm. probably, we'll send out to our list this end of the week, and then we'll start doing sharing mm -hmm. on social media. So we felt it was fair to give the subscribers first option because they subscribe mm -hmm. to the magazine. Another reason to subscribe, right? And so we did that right, totally. first, and then we did the list the end of the week. So yeah, there are still spaces and it's, it's um, 1488 for two days, but I mean, it is intense. We even have a private chef coming in the first night to cook because in Joe's studio, there's a beautiful kitchen. And she's developed, one of the bartenders is developing a signature cocktail for the course. So yeah, it's going to be a <laughs> lot of fun in a lot of ways, but very intense, very much so. This is for people who want to come, yeah. want to learn. It's not just for, you know, the fluff. It's for the real. I want to come. Do you, you run should. it every year? Actually, we're, we're going to probably oh, start yeah, totally. quarterly. Quarterly. Oh, yeah. excellent. Yeah, because Hear that, is, guys, you can crazy. still get in <laughs> exactly. or you can get it next time, next yeah. quarter. You don't yes, have to yes. wait a whole year. That's awesome. Yeah, because again, people, and we did this because people, when we did the, the five-week tour, we did the National uh, Lead Lift Launch Tour, Women in Business Tour, February and mm -hmm. March to celebrate International Women's Day. And so by doing that, we heard from women what they're wanting and what they're asking for. And so that's why we did the class. We have spent a year literally working on the back end of this for the course, for the master class. Because we want to provide information. So cool. When they sign up, they'll get a questionnaire. And in the questionnaire, we're asking all these things. So we it will be specific to the group in the room. Because we want to make sure if you have issues that you're dealing with, that we cover those. If they're business, you know, if they're issues to deal with the success of a business. So yeah. Wow. Customized masterclass. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, speaking of which, so you are the master of automation with your social media, I should imagine. But you're also all about that personal connection. Do you want to talk a little bit or can you talk a little bit yes. about how you combine that personal touch with the communicating with your audience? You mentioned a little bit earlier, and so I wrote it down and I wanted to circle back to it, about you have strategies for connecting. Yes. There's a lot of overwhelm with social so. media. So what is your strategy? How do you do it? So first of all, let me say this, because I think that's a great way you introduce that about the automation. And I always tell people, if I'm talking in a group, I say, you could have five social media advocates, strategists, and we'd all have five different suggestions because it's organic and it's real time. And so it's based on our own personal experiences. I come from a world of education. 
And so everything I do is with that filter always. So we do not automate anything. Everything we do online is live, everything. Because people subconsciously, I have a degree in psychology, subconsciously people know when something's automated. They know the subliminal messaging and they don't even know they're thinking about it, but they know it. So everything, and we take great pride in that. Does it take a lot of time? Yes. But as you said, we have a strategy. So what I do is I always look at it from the standpoint of people on social media, the way they get so much overwhelmed is they get sidetracked. They go off looking, oh, that looks cool. That looks cool. That looks cool. When I'm in social media, I've got a strategy. I do it every morning and I do it every night. And if we're at an event or we're out doing something, then I do it throughout the day. But otherwise, it's strategic. It's in the morning first thing, and it's the last thing I do at night before I go to bed. And people will say, well, gosh, that's so regimented. Well, that may not be their schedule, but that's my schedule, right? So everything we do is Instagram, it's Twitter, it's Facebook, and it's LinkedIn. So those are the four platforms we identify. Again, someone else may choose not to do all those platforms. They have to choose where their audience is. But we, I'm a high, high um, proponent of LinkedIn because LinkedIn is where people who are in decision-making positions are, okay? So LinkedIn is critical. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes people think it's not. So I have a strategy. When I go into Instagram, I know what I'm going to post. I know what I'm going to say. I get in. I go through people who I want to look at, and I'm gone. I don't get sidetracked. Do I want to get sidetracked? Mm-hmm. You bet. Do I occasionally? Yeah, maybe five percent <laughs> of the time. <laughs> But as a whole, I stay focused. Exactly. That's where the overwhelm comes. So people think that I'm on there all the time, but I'm really not. I'm just very strategic in what I'm doing. I never post the same thing on each of the platforms. A lot of people put the same images on all four. We don't. They're all different because they're different audiences. They're different audiences. Instagram's about the visual, right? Right. So you have to have the, the engaging visual. But Twitter's about 180 characters. That's what people are there for. So the visual is just the 20% mm-hmm. for Twitter, 80% is that copy. So each of the platforms are different content, if you will, different. It may be the same overall general theme, but it's a different image and it's different copy. So that's the other thing. The third thing is we have identified, I know who it is that I want to make sure sees us because again, a strategy. For example, I'll give you a specific one. So I'm a huge fan of White House Black Market and Chico's. Basically, oh, I like that place too. Yeah, everything in my closet are from those two stores, everything. And when I say everything, I mean maybe 1% is not, but everything else is. So I was, <laughs> I was going to be speaking, this is about five years ago, I was before we started Women's Leadership Live, actually the year before. So six years ago, I was going to be having a conference. I was going to have a conference. I was going to be speaking and I wanted to wear White House Black Market and I wanted them to sponsor me. So for the whole year before that, every picture I did when I traveled, and I travel a fair amount, I took a picture of me. Obviously, I was in White House Black Markets. That's what I owned. And I made some reference to their hashtags and to their theme at the time. So it gets time to do the conference. I followed them on social media. I always shared their stuff. I always, and again, authentically, because I love the store. When I reached out to them, not only did they, I, I was asking for one outfit. They told me to come to the store, pick out anything I wanted, shoes, jewelry, clothes, et cetera. Gave me four outfits, full outfits, sent the manager to my conference. But here's the thing. <laughs> what did I do the whole time during the conference? I used White House Black Market as an example. So for a few wow. hundred, you know, for, you know, thousand dollars, whatever, maybe a little bit more, they were able to get all that press from a hundred and some people in the room that I was educating and teaching on social media. So that's the kind of thing you should, who are, I tell people, make a list of five people, brands you want to know, that you want them to know you. Follow them on every social media platform that you're on and they're on. Start sharing their content because LinkedIn, for example, if someone has a company page, and this is pretty much fact, they get a fair amount of likes. They get hardly no comments. And if they do, it's less than five. So if I take HKS Architects, one of the largest architectural firms in the country. I did some training for them recently. They have beautiful, beautiful buildings that they build, right? Well, if you go into their LinkedIn company page, very active, but there aren't a lot of comments. So when you comment, your name shows up, your headline, you know, your title shows up, and then your comment, you're bringing value to those people by commenting. And then when you share it and say something again and tag people you know at that organization, you're bringing even more value. So let me give you a short story, a quick example. So there's like, comment, yeah. and share, right? 
So like is yeah. like you're shaking your head. Someone's talking to you in real time. You're shaking your head. That's a like. It, after a while, they're going to get I'm turned I'm doing off. that right now. They're going to, but after a while, if that's all we did, you'd stop talking to me, right? But when you start commenting like we're commenting to each other, that's engagement. That's as humans what we want to do. Then if you share, yeah. if I share what you've told me, that's the real value because then my people that I know, that we know through Women's Leadership Live, they get to know about Aaron and what you do. So that that's the, the rules of engagement, if you will, that we always incorporate that I'm hugely personal about because I want it to be up people to people. And that's the only way you can do it. So that's the strategy behind it. And there's so many brands I can't even tell you for us or for our clients where we have seen the success of that, totally seen the success of that. And those people follow us because of that, because they know we're authentic and they know we engage and they know we're sincere. Oh, I just love that advice. Let me see if I can recap. I was okay. taking notes. That, that is just phenomenal. So your strategy is that you post to Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, and you put different content on each one that's geared for it. So Instagram's visual. It's all about the pictures. Twitter, it's all about the characters and being witty in a short sentence. But then you consciously go every morning and every night to your social media and just do it once. You follow the people that you want to connect with. I love your tip about the five brands. So this is for you listeners. Your challenge is to go out, make a list of five brands you want to connect with and start following them, commenting on them, and sharing their stuff. You want to you add to that? Oh, yeah. And you, you said you use hashtags associated with right. those five brands. Right. And when you do that, then they, they begin, because after a while, they're going to say, well, who's Aaron? Who's Debbie? Who's Women's Leadership Live? Then they start looking. So it becomes that reciprocal. That's how Joe and I connected. That's exactly how we connected. I had been doing that yeah. with her for a year. And then when I reached out to her on LinkedIn on a message, then she responded. If I was just cold and, you know, and no one and it should never see my name, that's the beauty of social media is that they see your picture and your name. And after a while, it's like, oh, I know her. Now, how do I know her? They might not even know how to remember, but their mind tells them that they know you. Oh, that's just brilliant. That is gold. The other you guys, thing is, yeah, this is, this is huge too. You have to engage. So like on, we'll just take any of the platforms. If people comment on your stuff, you can't just hit the little like button. And I know it's crazy time, but. If someone takes the time mm -hmm. to comment on your stuff, they deserve the respect 80% of the time. You can't do it 100, but 80% of the time to comment back. I don't care if it's a smiley face and a thumbs up, but to let them know yeah. you thought that you yeah. appreciate them taking time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I have two young kids, as you may know, and I use a lot of uh, voice to text mm -hmm. now. I love the voice to text feature. And so you know, that's how I do my social media is I steal away to the bathroom. And I'm speaking my comments. Thanks. Yeah. Exclamation point. You know, and you just speak those, um, yes. those punctuations and it converts them. And I'm so grateful for it because it saves you that many seconds. Absolutely. So. And that's the beauty of technology that you can do that. Yeah. 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 Hey, let's talk about licensing. So once you connect with these brands, and, you know, you were talking about sponsorship. I love that idea. You said you did that for a whole year with yep. White House Black Market? White House Black Market, I did it for wow. a year. But again, the reason I wow. was starting out, I was testing how it, how it works. So Corner Bakery, for example, do you, you have Corner Bakeries where you are? Corner Bakery? No, I don't think I do. I haven't I've seen been, one. Well, I was that, when I spoke in Boston, I went to one up there by that. But anyway. So corner bakeries are mm. really cool. Uh, it's like a Panera bread. It's a place where you go and have lunch and that mm. kind of stuff. So I was very active because I was testing these out because it's not just you want to tell people, you want to know it worked for you, right? So I did that for, mm -hmm. for corner bakery. Well, they had reached out to me. Would I host some tweet chats for them? Of course I would. Then they mm -hmm. asked me to do some other stuff. Of course I did. So when you do that, you're, you're going to be someone they'll reach out to if they're trying to do stuff on social media. And people always think you have to have huge numbers to do that. You'll see we don't have huge numbers. What we do have is huge engagement. And so Corner Bakery, probably, I don't know, six years ago, all, you know how everybody's banner above their, on their Twitter handle? They had my picture eating saddle at a Corner Bakery. People said, well, would they pay you? I said, are you kidding me? They paid me an influence. They have a gazillion followers. My picture and my name wow. and stuff was on their, their, their Twitter page. So when you do it, if they're looking for someone to help them with something, 
they'll reach out to you because they know you're a supporter of theirs. I, I had That's a, so I, cool. I did this with uh, American Airlines. I'm always, again, I, I'm always in the mindset of promoting others, right? So I was at the airport, which I yeah. am all the time. And there were two flight attendants. They were having a kind of a hard day. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to make them laugh. And mm. so I, I worked with them and we were just laughing. Finally took a picture with them. I posted on Twitter, tagged them, tagged Americans, gave their names, et cetera. Well, someone called me about three months later and said, Debbie, did you know you were an American Airlines newsletter? I said, no, because I don't get their newsletter, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm not an employee. So they sent me the picture. They had put my picture, my tweets, and my things, my Facebook things that I had done. And they were talking about the power of social media. And they used me as an example. Now, I wouldn't have even known that had someone not worked for them and knew who I was. But that's the kind of wow. stuff that can happen that can be invaluable. If I was an artist yeah. and I was getting on a Southwest Airlines plane, which I love, if I was getting on Southwest, I like you, you like to doodle and do all your cool things. I'd take a napkin, yeah. I'd do a doodle, I'd say something cool, I'd take a picture of it, make sure I got the, the Southwest heart in the background, and say something about flying Southwest, creating my art even when I fly, and I'd tag them. Brilliant. That's a simple thing to it. do, but it's a way for you to continue to be seen by those who are huge influencers. And it's yeah, genuine that you want to when you drive, when you fly, or when you travel. Heck yeah. Exactly. I keep a travel and art bag with me <laughs> and, at all times. And I take a picture of that travel art bag up on my little thing. Yeah, there's, that's the kind of stuff when you're in that mindset <laughs> that you're always doing. Yeah. See, that's not selling. That's promoting Southwest Airlines. Yeah. I love the way you flipped it to helping promote somebody else and then they help promote you. Yeah. So we've got art, we've got product, we've got presentation, we've got educating your audience, we've talked about automating and amplifying, and now we come to licensing. licensing and contracts. Do you ever expect any licenses or contracts, or not expect, but do you employ or find any of these, are, are there any contracts that you just find that you've got to have in these situations with um, sponsorships and stuff like that, things yes. to you know yes. cover your butt? And yes, <laughs> I mentioned earlier, our CFO is David and David, that's his, that's his pillar. And Stacey and I'll always say that's a David question because we know our areas of expertise, right? So one of the things yeah. that, and again, David's the expert, not myself, but I would say, I know David would say everyone, and this is where you, we worry so much about artisans. Oftentimes they don't get the documents signed. So for example, before we'll talk to anyone who they want us to represent them, right? We make them sign an NDA. We make them sign that mm -hmm. we're not going to take their stuff. We want to protect them and us. And we always tell yeah, them. Yeah, just someone, for. Yes. If someone won't sign an that, NDA stands them. for. Non-disclosure. Yep. Yep. Non-disclosure. That means you can't talk about the idea. Right. And you, in our right? sense, unfortunately, they, they sometimes give too much and someone ends up stealing it. And so we give that counsel right. and we model it by saying, we won't talk to you until we both sign it. Because that way we right. show them. That and it goes both ways. Them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Plus then we, right. can, we know that we have done it in, you know, in full transparency in an ethical platform. So the NDAs are important. MOUs may not be an official contract, but memo of understanding, MOU. And so to help them have mm -hmm. ways to protect themselves, because we live in a, you know, in a, in a, unfortunately, a society where people like to sue and like to take things. You can't protect yourself 100%, but you can do it 95%. And having things signed, sealed, delivered is one of the best ways. Stacey and David have worked with licensing and, and contracts because of their own beauty product for years. And so they're both, especially David, but both of them actually are very high uh, knowledge level on that. And so when we have a client uh -huh. who comes to us, for example, World Market, we did a lot of work with them and still do. When brands go to them, mm. they then know what they, we help them know they've got, of course, World Market's such an incredible organization, but the, the contracts mm -hmm. and stuff are a little bit more advanced because they're such a big organization. David then can help the entrepreneurs, the, the artisans, if you will, know what's coming and help them through signing that thing. We still always say go to an attorney, but at least to have someone just mm -hmm. to talk them through in, in everyday language, because contracts are not everyday language. But you know what this really says is this. To, you know, so yes, there's not enough that can be said about signed, sealed, delivered. Not enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so success. What do you oh. do when you feel unfocused or overwhelmed? You're so busy. You're traveling all the time. But from the outside in, it looks like you've got it all going on. I'm sure you get overwhelmed and unfocused as well, like we all do. What What are your techniques, tips, tricks? What do you do? That's so funny because... um, 
people do, and especially with social media, they think, oh my gosh, your life is just so beautiful, blah, 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 blah. We all have meltdowns. We all have those moments of indecisiveness or insecurity. And so Stacy and I kind of have a saying, and, and Linda as well, we, we just spent four days together, the three of us, because we see each other all the time. And we did that because we, one thing we do is we make sure we have girl time and the three of us get together and we just play. And that's what we play. Nice. Because you need to have that. You need to have people who you have ultimate trust in. And let's, and unfortunately, we find this at every industry, the people closest to you oftentimes are not your biggest support base. And, <laughs> you know, that's just the reality. <laughs> so you find the people yeah. who are your community. So that's the, the one thing. The other thing is if we have the pity party, we give ourselves 24 hours to have it. Have the meltdown and then get back to work because you don't have time past 24 hours. <laughs> but, I love it. Just, yeah. But just accepting that it's okay because as women, we're yeah. so overachievers and we get, we beat ourselves up. And we, instead of just saying, you know what, I need some time just to, just to unwind and do nothing. And then I'll come back and I'll do yeah. my thing. So that's, that's kind of how we approach that. Yeah. I stole this question from Tim Ferriss. I, I'm going to oh. point that one out point blank. This one coming up because oh. I just thought this was incredible. He asks his guests, what's your favorite failure? <laughs> favorite Do you have a, a failure story? Yeah, that just like something that maybe went wrong, but maybe turned out okay in the end or something where you just went, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> favorite you know, failure. do you have one? Oh, I'm sure I have a whole bunch of them. I'm trying to think which one. A favorite <laughs> failure. I'd have to think about that, Aaron, because... The one thing that I take great pride in is the fact we learn the most from our failures. And I believe that with every breath I have, I think. No so. doubt. Oh, I know. Okay. I'll tell you. So, so you, when I was a principal, you know, I was young. I mean, I was very young when I was a principal, when I first started out and some, it's that old Garth Brooks song, you know, sometimes unanswered prayers, a school that I didn't get that I, not a school, a position that I wanted that I did not get ended up allowing me later on to be free to be named principal of a campus that I didn't even know I wanted until it happened. So at the time when you mm. don't get something and you think, oh, that's the worst thing in the world, I'm, I have a strong faith. I'm a strong Christian. And I believe that sometimes things happen because they're not meant to be. Linda McMahon, she mm -hmm. ran for Senate twice, didn't get it. Mm. Had she gotten that, she wouldn't have been asked to serve as the administrator of a small business administration on President Trump's cabinet. Forget politics. Forget all those things for a woman to be at that level. Of incredible. Incredible. So sometimes the things we think we should have gotten, and again, not failures, but just things that didn't happen for us, we see it as a failure, but in reality, it's really not. That's a great question. I'm going to, I'm going to have yeah. to use that. Yeah. That's a great question. Oftentimes we <laughs> I don't do think believe, about that. Yeah. I believe that failure is just perspective. So with time, oftentimes failure is not failure. It's just rejection. It's yeah, just a no. It's just a no thank you. And, and it's it not actually it failure. It, it has nothing to it, do with yeah, you. Exactly. But we always take it personal. Ego always makes us take it personal. Yeah. So what does success look like for you? I know a lot of artists, myself included, we, you know, we go, 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 and we have these successes, but we don't stop to celebrate them all the time or, or even acknowledge them or promote them. What does success look like for you? And how do you um, shout it out when you get a success? I, I, two, one be personal, one be professional. For me personally, it's health and independence. It's leaving, and I say this all the time, leaving the world better than the place when, than when you entered that space. That can be going into, as I said before, you meet someone in a store, they're not in a good mood, things aren't going right for them, has nothing to do with you. What's happened in their life? How can you make them smile? How can you make them be happy? How can you be part of the solution? To me personally, that's very, very important. Professionally, it's financial freedom. It, cool. it truly is financial freedom because when you have financial freedom, you can do anything you want to do. You can help so many more people. You can make such a bigger impact. You can make choices on the things you want to support. And again, there's so many needs out there. And again, we take great pride in that Women's Leadership Live and being able to, to truly make a difference in the lives of the people we work with. So again, I, I think when you can get up every morning, appreciate the fact that you can look out the window and that you can get out of bed. Sounds so frivolous, but it's so important because there's so many people in the world who don't get to something as simple as going to make yourself a cup of coffee. So many people yeah. in the world don't even have the water to do it, don't have the means yeah. to do it. And I think that's what the gift of travel gives you is to see just how blessed we are as a society in this country, right. even the best country in the world. And we have so much to be thankful for. 
And with all the bickering that's going mm-hmm. on right now, I think, you know, we live in really good times if that's all people have to complain about. Mm-hmm. Focus yeah, on the positive. I'm not in my head. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, focus on the positive. All right. So we're coming to the end here. Aww. We've covered all the seven steps, art, product, presentation, educate, automate, and amplify, license, and success. But I love to close with this last question of, do you have any books you recommend? Any books that you love or you would give as a gift or you would recommend? Uh, my favorite- doesn't even time- have to be business-oriented. Well, this one, this one is and isn't it? It is. It was. It's written as a business book, but one of my um, who I stalked on social media. Now we're good friends. Is Chris <laughs> Rogan? If you know Chris Rogan, and um, look him up. He's written eight books and very, very successful in digital space. But um, I think it was his eighth book. It's called "The Freaks Shall Inherit the Earth," and the premise of the book is because of technology, there are no more gatekeepers. And his his reference, and this resonates with me because it's a principle. In the high school level, we always had all these groups. You had the ropers, you had the the jocks, you had all these different kids in groups, right? You had the nerds, you had, and these yeah. were terms that people gave. Oh right? yeah, kids are so clickish. Yeah, so clickish. And so his point in the book is that those nerds, if you will, no longer have a gatekeeper. They can inherit the world because of internet, because of social media. So the Freak Shall Inherit the Earth by Chris Brogan is one of my all time favorite books, and I recommend it. And I give it as gifts because. I think it speaks to, first of all, he's the most giving, loving, caring, inclusive person you'd ever meet. And his point is sometimes those people who weren't valued at an early stage in their life because of technology, they truly can make a difference in the world. And it's on their own terms. Gamers are a great example. Gamers, 15, 10, well, 10 years ago, everybody laughed at him and said, oh, blah, 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 blah. Well, now we see the coders who have these amazing jobs because of gaming. Because of gaming, we see the sponsorships these kids get. We see the ability to have higher levels of math and science. So oftentimes, the ones who are considered the outliers, the, the kids who are out, and I'm going to say outcasts, not outliers, outcasts, can truly do anything Nerds, they maybe. want to do. Yeah, because they can do anything they want to do now. So highly recommend yeah. that book. Oh, I got to check it out because yeah, I, I, I think I mentioned before, I have an MFA in computer arts. So I was like one of three women in my class studying 3D animation at around the 2000s when it was just coming into popularity. So I was in the, you know, in San Francisco with all these guys that were super gamers, super nerds. God love them. I loved them all. They were so much fun, you know, but it was definitely interesting. (laughs) Let me ask you this. Do Do you have a Twitter handle? You know, I do, and I haven't used it in a while. Um, I just never got on the Twitter bandwagon because I felt, I guess I honestly felt not witty enough in 256 characters. Right. Well, it's funny because I told people on Twitter, because I use this as an example. I said, when Twitter, when I first started doing Twitter, I said, I cannot say hello in 120 characters. I can't do it, right? 140 characters. I can't. But what you do is it teaches you to be succinct in your messaging. And so now it's 180 yeah. characters, but still Twitter is one of the most valuable, all the brands that we have gotten relationships for ourselves or our clients has been primarily through Twitter and primarily through LinkedIn. The only exception yeah. would be White House Black Market, and they're so huge on Facebook, but the others, Twitter is huge as is LinkedIn for, for brands because they're there. I'm going to have to give myself a challenge because I just finished two years of a 365 challenge. You've heard of these 365 yes, challenges. Yes, yes. I did um, two of them back to back for a 720 challenge on, on IG doing circles. Oh, and that was wow. really, really, well, have you ever heard of an ENSO? No. How do you spell it? Um, no. It's, it's, it's E N S O with a slash across the top of the O for the hard O. Okay. It's a Japanese art form that's been around for hundreds of years. They have records back to the 1400s. And these Zen masters would draw a circle. And the circle represents the state of the artist's mind. And it's supposed to be a meditation. So you breathe out as you place your paintbrush on the paper. And then as you sweep up from six to 12, you know, you breathe in. And then as you come around from 12 to six, you breathe out. So it's literally one breath it takes you to try and relax. And, you know, they would have used rice paper and sumi ink. Well, I was pushing the envelope and using watercolors. And then I started incorporating drips during the second half of the first year. 
and just really trying to push the envelope. And so I liked really IG and I just finished that last week and I'm photographing the work to put on my website. And I'm oh, like, wow. okay, what am I going to do next? So I'll have to challenge myself to do a, a, a Twitter challenge. And that is something I recommend to artists everywhere is to challenge yourself yes. um, to do something every day and to hold yourself accountable by yes. using social media. Because otherwise you might fall off the bandwagon. <laughs> well, like that, I'm looking at your Twitter and the, the gorgeous pictures you have on them. You're right. You haven't been there for a while. But the point is, that's a perfect place to, to do because all you have to do is take a picture of it and say a few words and you're done. It doesn't take a lot of time on Twitter. And the images you have oh, thank there are you. beautiful. You know what? I used to have my old website hooked to Twitter. So when I would post a new, mm, yes, I'll have to figure out how to go back to that. I, don't, I haven't figured out how to hook IG to Instagram to Twitter. There's got to be a way to do a, a feed. That would be an interesting th thing to look at. I'm going to have to check that out. Well, I, I started learned... following you on Twitter. I started following you just now on Twitter. <laughs> you have given me the impetus to get back into Twitter. Thank you. I needed that kick in the butt. Well, it, it's a great platform and highly undervalued sometimes by business owners, by artisans especially, because they think, oh, that's not artsy. No, yeah. but, it, but it's business brands are there. So, yeah. Yeah. So if you had to pick two, two platforms, would you say you'd pick Twitter and Instagram or what would I you would, pick, Twitter and I, Facebook? Or I'd pick LinkedIn because LinkedIn is anyone who can make decisions with money, with finances, with business de mm -hmm. decisions are on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn would be my first. I, I will be. I, mm, that is tough. Instagram, Facebook, <laughs> and Twitter. It's, it's hard because it depends on the audience and who you're wanting to attract because each one is different. Mm -hmm. uh, but mm -hmm. LinkedIn is a must. LinkedIn is a given for me. I, I, I can't say that enough. Um, goodness gracious. And, and the, here's the other thing I'll say, too, is because of Google now, if you Google someone's name, do it, do it and try what you're going to see is what comes up with their social media platforms, giving you an opportunity to have some really strong places there that you wouldn't have had before. And usually your LinkedIn is going to be first. That's why people often say, well, I don't right. use LinkedIn. And I say, it's not about you. It's about the people who are searching for you, who are researching right. you. And so you want to have a robust one. But with the others, I truly have to say it, it's, it depends on the audience. And see, we do all four. Right. We do all four. And we do them every day. And so I, I, for us, it's all, but for each individual other person, it, it might vary depending on what they're wanting to do. And that can also vary depending upon the season they're in, what they're trying to build or what they're trying to grow. Right. So LinkedIn's a given. Right, right. And then um, I'd probably say Instagram next, but then you can't under, you can't underestimate Facebook, 2.3 billion people. I mean, it's just, and, and again, it gets such a bad rap with so many things. And that's the other thing. They're all businesses. People say, well, they get frustrated with this or with that. I'm like, it's a business. We're just little tadpoles in the pond. They don't care. I mean, I really don't think they care because it, I mean, right. it, it's different. You know, that's not their premise. Don't their take premise. it personal. Exactly. It's not about us. Use it to the best of your ability and maximize it as a platform, but don't take it personal. That's a great way to say it, Aaron. Don't take it personal. I love that. I'm going to start using that. I'm going to buy that from you. <laughs> How do I say your last name? Be my guest. I'm going to, how do I say your last Sparler. name? Sparler. Okay, just Sparler. Okay. I thought it was like it looked, but I wasn't. You never know, right? Interesting little side note. I've heard through the family grapevine that it used to be, way back in the day, it used to be Spala, which was mm. too Italian. It was, yes. I'm Irish, Italian, and Cajun. So um makes a great combo. I love to yes. eat and drink and <laughs> <laughs> My talk. kind of girl. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so they changed it to Sparler, Anglicized it. Yeah, very common. Feels like it feels well, family. actually, Sparler. If you meet a Sparler, they're uh -huh. related to me. Oh, so, okay. just so as you know. Oh, I have to. Oh, I love it. I'll have to look. <laughs> now you're in There's Pennsylvania. There's not many of us. You're in Pennsylvania. I am. Okay, okay I so am Central yeah, PA. Chris, Chris Brogan's in Boston area, Massachusetts area. So okay, he's close to. Yeah, close I got to a friend area. up in Boston that just started another podcast. The 43%, which is a nod to the percentage or the amount of women that leave the workforce to have children and then return to the workforce. They don't actually know the percent of some of the other percents, but she right. started a podcast on that and I'll have to hook you up with her. Please, because that is such a valuable thing. And, you know, they stayed, nothing is more important than, than, than being a mother and, and being a homemaker, taking care of a family. I mean, talk about a CEO. You're the CEO, COO, and CFO. You're everything, everything. 
But unfortunately, society has not valued that like it should. And so, so many times those women feel like they don't have anything to bring back. They have everything to bring back, everything. I agree. I agree. And I think art is a great platform to do that. You know, you can do art while you're raising kids yeah, and then transition back into the workforce, hopefully even become an entrepreneur. Right. For sure. Well, it has been so awesome talking to you. So, so, so good. Okay. So tell me what you forgot to say. Okay. So August is a big month. I told you about the Learn the Real Secrets to Successful Business, August 9th and 10th. But I'm also at the end of August, August 27th to September 2nd. I am speaking at Lori Sieber's Art Biz Jam Retreat up in um, Philadelphia area. And so she's asked me to come. They're all <gasps> That's artisans. That's right next to me. Is it? They're, they're all artisans and they're coming to, yeah. to learn about art. We get a, She's having a private tour of anthropology and a private tour of Kathy's by uh, Primitives by Kathy. But I'm going to speak to how to use social media to maximize and build their business and grow their art. So I'm super excited about this with Lori. And I think it's it's the perfect audience for your group, I think. So it's art, A-R-T-B-I-Z-J-A-M.com if someone wants to register for it. But I highly recommend it. Like I said, I know some of the creative souls that go there. And I'm honored to be uh, humbled to be asked to speak for her with her group. Because again, it's exactly the same audience that you and I have been talking about the whole time we've been yeah. discussing this last, the last hour or so. So yeah, Lori's Awesome. Art so that's art biz jam.com jam.com dot com and it's Lori what's Lori's last name it's Seabird it's S-E-I-B-E-R-T Seabird S-E-I-B-E-R-T she has done a lot with artisans and licensing and just everything but I'm going to talk about social media very cool and that's near Philadelphia and what are the dates again for our audience August 27th to September 2nd, it's like mm-hmm. five days. I mean, it's very, I mean, it's got a lot of fun things packed into it. A lot of great speakers, of which I wish I could tell you who they are right now, but my mind is, you know how that is. But if you go to ourbizjam.com, you can see everything. And Joe just had a big feature on her. Very her, cool. Where Women Create Magazine last year's retreat. Okay. So two upcoming events that people come could go to, artbizjam.com, August 27th to September 2nd on the East Coast and in Philadelphia and learn the secrets of success, the marketing masterclass out on the West Coast. Well, kind of Midwest, Utah. Is that West Coast or Midwest? It's considered mountain, <laughs> mountain, mountain area, the mountains. And it's mountain, beautiful. Mountain. They're absolutely stunning. Yeah. Well, very cool. I hope to see you at one of these. Yes, of course. Me too. But regardless, we will stay in touch. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Erin, I cannot tell you how much fun this has been. I pray that we get to keep in contact and you let me know how we can support you seriously. Well, that's it for the Artist Appeals. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed recording it. I just love talking with all these artists and business people. It's phenomenal and I've learned so much. I hope you've learned something too. You can get more information. You can check out some of the links that we talked about in these podcasts at the Artist appeals.com that's the artist appeals a p p e a l s.com thanks and have a good one